if a couple of you could answer, just I have a question about the news of the day about the uh, announcement that there won't be any fans when we had hoped that there would be some fans. And uh, Coach Durden said he didn't think this makes it will make a difference for you guys competitively. But I just wondered if you could address how uh, you cope with that, especially just after having the excitement of having fans at trials for the first really big meet that you've had that in a while. I mean, it's definitely a bummer. I think we always enjoy fans, but at the end of the day, once you dive in, like it's about swimming fast and getting your hand to the wall. We've swam several meets this year without fans and still put, posted some top time. So, you know, the weight of the meet is the Olympics. It's not really about the fans being there. So we're just gonna go in and swim fast as we can for Team USA and ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I guess to expand on it, I mean, we've, we've now waited an extra year to, to go to the Olympics. I think everyone everyone's sitting in the room next to us, they're eating breakfast right now. We're about as fired up as, as you can be to, to get out there and eat. So we're, we're really ready to go. And uh, whatever whatever the situation is going to be, whatever protocols we have to follow, we're, we're going to do that. We're going to do it to the best of our ability. And then we're going to step up on the blocks and, and swim as fast as we can. Nolan, go ahead. Uh, hi, question for uh, Allison. How would you describe the difference in emotions during the buildup to each Olympics during your career? Does this one feel different at all? Um, you know, more nerves now because there's more history in front of you or there are less nerves now. How does that kind of play out as your career has gone along? Um, I've always described it as being different. I mean, each year I think we grow um, emotionally, mentally, uh, physically. And so each year is going to be different. So of course, every four years is going to be different. Uh, this is definitely different than any of the other three with the restrictions we have and having another year in between uh, five years instead of four years. But it's just as exciting. And it's an honor anytime we get to represent the US. And this team is, like Brian said, is really pumped up to be here. And that just makes all four of us excited to stand up again and race for the U.S. Dan, go ahead. Hello. This is a question for Simone. At, at trials, you said you disclosed that you were diagnosed with overtraining syndrome. Just wanted to know how you are, uh, how are you managing your preparations going into Tokyo and what kind of support have you received since speaking out? Yeah, I'm just, I'm managing it the same way that I did before trials. Um, you know, just trying to continue to get as much recovery as I can, as much sleep as I can. Um, obviously, you know, making sure my nutrition is good, but going hard in practice when I need to, but also backing off if I need to as well. So not, you know, stepping on the gas too hard just because I made the Olympic team. I know that I still have to take care of my body in the best way so that I can perform well in Tokyo, um, but I've gotten a lot of support from people. I've gotten messages from people telling me that they have, you know, experienced overtraining syndrome and maybe didn't know it. And um, I think it's a conversation that I would obviously love to have in more depth once I'm kind of done with this season, but it's nice to have support from so many, whether they've dealt with overtraining syndrome or not. I think as athletes, we know what it feels like to not perform at your best, but know that you're capable of more. So. 
I've experienced a lot of support from people who may have not experienced overtraining at all. And um, it's awesome to just kind of have people rally around me and really want the best for me. Craig, go ahead. Craig, go ahead. Um, it's Craig Lord. Um, I just wondered if you'd noticed the uh, 4730 today um, by a young kid, 16-year-old David Popovici from Romania. 16 years old, you, you'll remember um, what it was like to be 16 years old and winning world junior titles and stuff like that. 4730 is pretty quick for a 16-year-old. I just wondered what you, what you thought about that. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, well, he was 47.5, I want to say, a couple days ago or yesterday or something like that. So that that was a sparked a little conversation um, at breakfast. And then uh, Blake, my roommate, brought it up this morning. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely grabbed my attention. Um, I certainly was not going that fast at 16. So that's extremely impressive. And how we, how we swimming it, I think, is even more Impressive, uh, you know. When I was when I was swimming hundred free as a sixteen-year-old, it was just how fast I could go out. But the kids coming home, and uh, I think it was twenty-four-three coming home, something like that, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very legit time. Right. And go ahead. There's a moment involving a captain uh, that, that you remember from previous Olympics and how much did that shape you as a leader? And now that you guys are captains. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll say, I'll take the first bit. I think, uh, I mean, my, my only Olympics experience so far was, was the 2016 Olympics and, and on the men's side of that team, we had, we had three great captains in, in Phelps, Tony Irvin and Nathan Adrian. Um, and, and I think what's I think what's what's really interesting about leadership is there's there's an infinite number of ways to lead. Each of those guys did it in a different way, and, and I think it's really important to to kind of lean into that. Like every every guy in in the room next to us is is going to respond a little bit differently to hearing different voices. And so I think kind of my like my goal as a leader is is to make sure that we're the people sitting up here are not the only leaders. We want we want 50 plus leaders on our team. We don't want four leaders and, and 40 something followers. So so that's my main goal is just is just everyone feel comfortable leading throughout this entire trip. Yeah, I, I think we've had all of us have had a great group to look up to. I mean, same thing. My first games was Rio and just watching how these guys would lead the team through every every national team trip, every world championships. Um, that's why I mean I, I said this at trials. I wasn't I wasn't not ready for a team without Nathan. Just the way he carries himself and the way he carries the team, he allows anybody to be able to step up and be a leader in the team. And I'm hoping I can do that part as well. I I take a lot of a lot of pride in the title that I'm carrying as being the team captain, and I want to make sure I do it correctly. And I won't I don't just want to you know rush my way through this or pull crap my way through this. I want to do my part for Team USA and for the other people next door. Lane, go ahead. 
Hey there. This question is primarily for you, Allison, because I think you were the only member of this team and uh, definitely the only member of the group up here that remembers this. But in previous training camps, we've seen some team bonding come together over those kind of silly call me maybe videos or things like that. And I'm curious, you know, what have you been doing to unwind um, in Hawaii, given that there is a lot more strict protocols with COVID um, and for any of the captains, just kind of how has that been trying to bond when there is sort of a weird, you know, I guess not even weird, a pandemic floating around you still. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely had some restrictions in different times, but we're still able to come together as a team. I mean, we wear masks um, walking around. We're tested um, a few times throughout this camp. And as we go into Tokyo, we'll be tested more. Um, but we're still able to cheer for each other, support each other during the training session. And then when we come back, we're able to play some games uh, in the hallways and get to know each other that, that way. Pat, go ahead. Uh, yeah, question for Allison. Uh, what's it like uh, at age 31 to have 10 teenagers on the team with you? Um, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm still a teenager. I guess um, at heart I may still be a teenager, but it's definitely um, – I mean, it's fun to see their excitement and joy and how everything's new. Um, I mean, I guess I can kind of um, compare it to when I saw the little Phelpses, uh, Boomer, Beckett, and Maverick, seeing things for the first time and the excitement that they have. See that excitement that these uh, teenagers have on this team is a, a pretty cool feeling. It makes you excited. Um, I mean, I've had a few people ask me if it's still exciting to be on the Olympic team for the fourth time. And I don't think that joy or honor is ever lost. Um, it's just as exciting every single time. And it's even more fun to see new faces and the excitement and joy that they bring to this team. Christine, go ahead. Hi there, good to see all of you. Thanks for doing this. Uh, curious, uh, for all of you or a couple of you, are you paying attention to the news in Tokyo? Are you aware of what's happening? Obviously you've been asked about not having fans. So you know that that's the news today. Um, obviously you're very focused on, on swimming and, and doing the best that you can at the Olympics, but how aware are you of all the problems and the issues right now in Tokyo? Thing, you know, I think a story that comes to mind, we had, a, we had a Zoom call with Michael a couple days ago, and he was pretty adamant and repetitive on controlling the things we can control. Right now, the goal for everyone on this team is to swim fast. Um, it's to control what we can control and doing so towards that goal. Um, I fully trust the team that we have here, Team USA, the staff, that they're going to take care of us, that we're going to be safe. Um, so. I know there are things going on, yes, I'm aware of them, but I don't want them to zap energy from me because the goal at hand for me is to swim fast and to represent this the best I can. So anything outside of that is in some way, shape or form a little bit irrelevant. Um, so I'll leave the problems up to people that can control them, uh, which is primarily the staff and leave up to the athletes to swim fast. Karen, go ahead. This is the perfect follow for um, Caleb and Ryan. Um, when Michael spoke to you, did he impress upon you the importance of continuing the 400 medley relay winning streak in the Olympics? And I know you guys are recent arrivals to that um, legacy, but 
do you feel the pressure of all those previous teams that have been victorious as you go into Tokyo? Thank you. He didn't say a single word about it. Um, you know, I, I think every every really in every event carries history, especially with the United States and the swimming history that we do have. It doesn't fall on one event. Uh, yes, I'm aware that the United States has never been beaten in that relay. Um, and I'm aware there are some extremely fast countries with a really good group of four guys. Um, but right now, that, that's that's the very last event of the meet. Um, yes, we're going to be ready for it. Yes, we're going to be confident heading into it. But Michael didn't say anything about it. We're going to take one task at a time. Um, but every really every event has, has history behind it. And we want to step up and do the best we can, not just put everything into one event. Michelle, go ahead. Hi, this question is actually for all four of you. Um, I know that there were a handful of events added to the Olympic program this year, but if you could add an additional event to the Olympics lineup, what event would you add? I mean, I, I would want to add the, the 100 IM short wars. I think that's a really fun event, but obviously we never worked at the Olympics because we're going in a 50 meter. Pretty fine with how it is right now. I mean, I don't know. You can add a bunch of weird stuff, but the way it's set right now is how it's always been. So I'm, I'm all right with it. Oh, is everybody? Um, maybe the 150 freestyle. Yeah, it's a solid stopping point. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the other mix. Well, they do have the other relay, but like you said, there's enough names to swim. Like. We're good. <laughs> what about you, Your turn. 50 breaths? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you guys did really well on that one. Lily wants Wait, to pick a breath. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to pick everyone else's brush. Peter, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, this is for either Simone or Allison. I wanted to, to ask about Tori Husk and, and just what's jumped out to you about her personality so far. And then how impressive just was the 100 fly swim that she threw down at trials a few weeks ago? Well, Tori's been in my training group, so it's just been awesome to not only train with her, but get to know her. Um, she's intense. Like, she's very fierce, and I like it. Um, she definitely, you know, puts a lot of emphasis into her training and her preparation, and um, that's just awesome to see. And I mean, I don't think anyone here can't say a 55-7 wasn't impressive. So I think we're all just pumped to not only see her swim fast, but just the rest of Team USA. I know a lot of people have been putting a lot of hard work in, not only just you know the weeks of training camp, but just the entire time to get here. So um, I know that we're all excited to see everybody race fast in the next couple of weeks. Elliot, go ahead. Hey, everybody. Good to see you guys again. Thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, Simone, I wanted to follow up a little bit uh, um, about uh, if you feel after trials and everything you went through that if you can tell if you're swimming more free and also if you're hoping to get in some relays. 
I definitely think I'm swimming more free just because I made the team. <laughs> Uh, I think most of us probably swim more free once we get through trials and the stress that that brings. So um, it definitely was freeing to tell my story to kind of let people know what's going on. But at the end of the day, I still expect, you know, great things for myself, um, whether I'm going through this or not, um, which definitely is a challenge. But I'm still, you know, putting my best effort forward and trying to continue to improve in these next practices as we get ready to rest and prepare for um, Tokyo. Um, I think for the relays, I'm just focusing on right now my event, which is the 50 free. I mean, obviously, I think it's important for Team USA to put the best four on the relay. And so whatever the coaches decide is what, you know, I'm okay with. Kyle, go ahead. Hey guys, this is uh, Hawaii News Now, a uh, local station here. Um, this is kind of for all you guys. Just talk about the experience you guys have had um, here on the islands throughout your uh, last couple weeks, just training here. Um, if you guys got any, got any uh, fun activities while not training. Um, and then just today at Punahou, uh for some of you guys, uh, just having those kids and those fans there for what might be the last time you guys have in-person fans before uh, the games. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, we, we've been limited, as you, I guess, can guess. We can't be going out and surfing or really doing anything. I went to the beach once, um, and it was just for a couple minutes. So the goal at hand is to swim fast. Um, so we're a little bit cooped up. We're trying to, you know, not get too much in our head. So, I mean, a lot of video games, a lot of card games, um, and just having a good time at practice when we can. But it was really great seeing the kids. It was a really, really fun group. Um, we had a couple people going fast, so they got somewhat of a show, or maybe it was just MA. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I, I was not. Uh, I went fast. Someone went fast today, so they got they got to see something. A couple people got to put a show on, but it was nice, nice seeing them and being able to being able to interact. I think it's really um, a pretty place to be, and to wake up and see Diamond Head and the ocean is. I mean, I wake up with a smile every time I see that. It's beautiful, and the people have been gr very gracious to us and been very kind uh, with lending their facilities to us and having the people there cheering it was like Caleb said we won't be able to see that um, in Tokyo so that was exciting to get that energy bottled up now. Henry go ahead. Yeah, Henry Bushnell from Yahoo Sports. Um, question for Allison, uh, following up on Pat's question from earlier about all the teenagers on this team, um, in getting to spend some time with them at camp and, and bonding, is there anything that has struck you, um, like any generational differences that have just made you realize, like, wow, some of these girls really are young? Um, I haven't really noticed that. I mean, I I haven't really gotten into TikTok, so some of them probably teach me about TikTok. <laughs> I guess that's the biggest thing, but no, I feel like among the team, um, there's some, I mean, Katie has a 29 year old brother, so she has seen all the generations. Um, Katie Grimes has, has a 29 year old brother. So, I mean, I don't feel like there's a time when I'm like, wow, you're really young. Or, wow, was I like that at that age? Um, but like everyone up here has said, I think has been getting to know each other, um, getting close, and most importantly, excited for this upcoming 
but for a few weeks. Aishwarya, go ahead. about who you are becoming as a leader, uh, particularly since the trials when you said you weren't ready to go to Tokyo without Nathan, and sort of what kind of small things that you've picked up from past leaders that you're now incorporating into your leadership. Thank you. I'm sorry, I think we might have missed who this uh, question was directed to. Oh, it's, uh, it's to Caleb. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I feel like we touched on it earlier. I think that was the biggest thing. I mean, my my go-to was was Nathan. I mean, he was on every team I was on. I think he was one of the captains from, from Rio. And it's just funny because I thought when I was like kind of climbing the ranks in the swim world, I always thought I was supposed to hate the guy. Um, like I thought I was just supposed to dislike him. We both swam hundred free. He was faster than me. I wanted to be in his, his boat. But once I started climbing the ranks and you know we were actually having, we were actually competing on the same level, I was, I love Nathan. Um, as I was climbing the rakes, I realized, you know, this is this is a true leader. I don't dislike this guy. I want to be like this guy. And he left behind some, you know, figuratively and literally some very big shoes to fill. Um, I do wish he was on this trip, but I feel like he set me up enough with how he kind of brought me under his wing from 16 and on, 16, 17, Pampax, uh, Guangzhou in 19. Every trip I had with him, just the way he carries himself, um, he's just – He's awesome. I want to be like Nathan. I'm fine with saying that. Um, I don't have the experience that Nathan has, so I hope I can carry that on from this meet into the next meet um, and just be able to share that with the guys, the stuff that Nathan left behind, or even Matt, or even Plummer in 16, with Michael, I mean, even Ryan. I mean, just everybody. You can learn from everybody on the team. It doesn't fall just on one guy, but for me, that was always my go-to um, was, was Nathan. Karen, go ahead. Hi, this is a question for Caleb. I think at the 2019 World Trials, you had Zen in the Martial Arts on your, was one of the books you had brought with you. I'm wondering if you have any books that you are um, reading to pass the time during this camp. Yeah, I, I started one, I got... I got a little bored with it, so it's a, I started reading um, The Millionaire Next Door, and I'm, I'm pretty hooked on that one. And then I finished, what did I finish at Trials? Um, the Magical Art of Tidying Up. I think that was the fastest read I've ever had. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of on like a little financial kick right now. Um, and then before that, I'm tidying up, I guess. So it's kind of random, but like I said, I usually don't pick my own books. They have to be recommended to me. So both these are recommended to me. So I tore up the tidying up. That was a really good book. Last question, Daniel Gall. Hi, this is Daniel Gall from WR2 New York. So Simone, this one's for you. You were the first ever African-American to ever, uh, African-American swimmer to win a gold medal in Rio. And you're now the first African-American team captain. What mindset did you have to get here? And what do you say to other African-American girls who are looking to pursue the same track as you? Um, I think uh, the biggest thing is if you have a dream, nothing can stand in your way. 
um, not even yourself. I think uh, I've definitely dealt with the doubts of others, but I've also dealt with my own doubts. And it's extremely important to always keep your goals at the forefront, but also your passion for what you do at the forefront. Um, I think that it's easy to kind of lose your passion for things when other people, you know, tell you what you can and can't do. And um, I've dealt with that throughout my career. I still deal with it today, but at the end of the day, I love this sport. I love swimming. I love competing. I love the people I meet through this sport. I, I love, or I'm humbled by the fact that I can inspire others. And so, um, those are things that help me like, you know, realize my purpose in this sport while doing something that I love. And I think that would just be the advice that I have for others is if you have a extreme passion for something, make sure you keep that fire burning and you don't let anyone else extinguish it. Even yourself. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> there you go. 